Welcome once again. Strap on your fins, grab your board, and catch a wave. We're riding the pipeline, the sales pipeline today with Matt Hines from Hines Marketing. Hey, Matt. How are we doing, Paul? You know, I was going to call you the Captain Ahab of sales today, helping everybody find their great white whale. And you know why? Because I was just reading this morning that they found a sailor adrift for two months. And I thought, how many sales organizations have been adrift for two months or more here? Oh, I know a lot of sales organizations. I know a lot of individual salespeople. I remember uh, one of my favorite comebacks from a head of sales once. He hired a sales rep, and he hadn't closed anything for a long time. And he looked at him one day in a meeting and said, well, I've been carrying you longer than your mama. (laughs) There you go. Good. See? All right. Yeah. So, well, welcome, everyone, to Sales Pipeline Radio. Excited to have everyone back. Uh, it's amazing. Can, can you believe, Paul, we are three weeks away from the unofficial start of summer. I can't believe it. Summer. I'm not ready for it here. It's it's Memorial Day weekend. It's crazy. And, and what's funny is we're, we're about to enter, enter uh, excuse season for sales and marketing professionals in B2B. There's an assumption that once you get into the summer, once you get past Memorial Day, Memorial Day to Labor Day, uh, people don't want to do marketing. They don't want to do events. Isn't like that they, the truth? Uh, they always say, I couldn't meet. They're off on vacation. They don't want to meet right now. They, there's always excuses. There's, yeah. I mean, there, there's always going to be excuses. Well, it's the holidays. Well, it's spring break time. Well, it's Thursday. I mean, there's there's always a reason why you can't do stuff. And, I, and yeah, sure, you might get a few more out-of-office replies. Yeah, sure, there'll be a few more people on vacation. But, honestly, when everyone else has stopped marketing and stopped selling, maybe that's when you should start. Exactly, exactly. Maybe everybody else has made that assumption, too, and you're the only guy calling. Exactly. So I think, you know, look, I mean, it's if, if you've got something of value to your customer, it doesn't matter what day it is, doesn't matter what time of the year it is. You know, the, so two excuses I'm, I'm hearing a lot, and then we're going we're gonna to get to our, our awesome guests today. Uh, you know, one is the summer excuses that we hear come up every year. The other is what I guess I would call the, the grass is greener uh, excuse. You know, the, the assumption that once we get that new feature launched, once the market turns, once we get a few more early adopters on, once we get a few more case studies, once we get a few more use cases, everyone's going to love it. Everyone's going to buy. I'm, I'm laughing. I always heard that one. You know, it's always right over the rainbow, over that next hill. If only you would do something, I could sell better. Well, I'll tell you what. I mean, like I literally was talking to a, to a CRO, a chief revenue officer the other day, who was, who was basically saying, boy, you know, as soon as we get some more case studies and early adopters, like the calls are just going to roll in. And I have ne- I have yet to see any business or meet any anyone where it is where all you're doing is order taking to get all the deals you want. And in the, in the example I will give real quick before we get to our guest. The uh, I, I met a guy about a month ago. He is the head of luxury suite sales for the Golden State Warriors. Oh, sweet! <laughs> and you know they just set the record for NBA wins for the year. Um, super high in demand. Very exciting team to watch. Um, it doesn't get much better than the scenario he has, and he appreciates it in part because the Warriors have been terrible. I grew up in the Bay Area. This is the first time they've been good since I've been alive. Oh, yeah. Uh, so the fact that they are now playing well is amazing, but you know what? He still has to sell. He still, even though he's got high demand, every day that there's a game, when that game ends, his inventory's gone. He still has to close deals. Yeah. Even though people maybe in those luxury boxes, are they buying food? Are they buying top shelf liquor? Are they getting the mascot to come up for the kids? I mean, there's you are no matter how good your conditions, you are always going to be selling. So my quick my quick rant before we move on today is just you know I think as we enter. As we inexplicitly get closer to summer, as we enter the summer excuse season for sales and marketers, you know, this stuff is hard. If it was easier than the way it is, everyone would do it. And um, just a quick reminder, you got to continue to grind. Find the reason why your customers need you. Find the value. uh, Stick with it and uh, keep the pedal of the metal heading into the summer. 
All right. Well, we've got a great guest today. I am, I am, I'm, ex- I'm excited. I am humbled. I can't believe he said yes. Quite honestly, Paul, I can't. He's, a, he's, a, he's. We've had a lot of pretty amazing people. We've. Had he was shocked when I called him this morning. He said I was just kidding. I didn't really think they would do this. So. <laughs> well, I'm impressed that he. You know, it's one thing to say he's going to do it, nothing to show right. up. We've had former NFL linebackers. Uh, we've had some amazing people. Uh, but I am just super excited to have Jay Bear with us today. Jay, thanks so much for joining us. Uh, Matt, great to talk to you guys. Thanks so much. I was. Uh... I was going to say I was too busy out for the summer, but I guess you've debunked that myth in the opening of the show. No, it's, I don't I don't buy that for a minute, uh, especially since you you just recently, a couple weeks ago, launched your new book. Jay, so for those of you who don't know Jay Bear, he is uh, a, a champion on the B2B marketing circuit. He is a five-time New York Times bestseller. Uh, you may have read his book if you're in marketing, his book Utility. Just recently, he, he released a new book called Hug Your Haters. How to Embrace Complaints and Keep Your Customers. And Jay, I, I've read this book. I've, I've seen you speak on it a couple times and just such a powerful message. Could you maybe just start, just kind of summarize the, the point behind the idea of hug your haters? Well, l- let me summarize it uh, with math. Every year, uh, globally, we spend in business about $500 billion on marketing. We spend about $9 billion a year on customer service. Now, that probably doesn't make very much sense because everybody knows, especially people who listen to Sales Pipeline Radio, that if you keep a customer that you've already worked to earn, you are manifestly better off than if you constantly have to replace customers over and over and over. Like, we all know that. Like, you learn that in the first day in business, but yet we don't actually run businesses according to that principle. So, Customer service has been disrupted in the exact same ways that marketing has been disrupted. And Hug Your Haters is the first book about customer service disruption. So it's all about how to handle customer service in the modern age, in the age we're living in right now, how to do customer service on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook Messenger, WhatsApp, YouTube, Yelp, TripAdvisor, Spiceworks, all these different places that customers can now reach out and talk about you. Most businesses just are simply not prepared for that kind of revolution, and that's what the book is about. If you haven't yet picked up a copy of Hug Your Haters, you can certainly do so on Amazon. I'd also encourage you to go to HugYourHaters.com. You can get a number of great ideas there. You can get some summaries of the book. You can get an audio introduction. I'm going to talk a little later about about how how you can get some I Love My Haters socks uh, uh, for buying the book as well. But... You know, Jay, I think the the idea of hugging your haters it makes some people shiver, right? I mean, I think yeah. there's one I, there's there's one concept of saying yes. I know it's 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 more efficient to keep customers than to acquire new ones. Um, but I think a lot of businesses, when they see complaints, when they hear people complaining, when they find the trolls online, their instinct is either to ignore them or to combat them. It is certainly not to hug them. So why are companies so afraid of doing this uh, in their business? There's a number of reasons why that is the case. One is, is physiological, right? The, the, the human nature is that when you confront negativity, you typically lash out. In fact, we interviewed some psychiatrists for the book and said, hey, what happens when you come across a negative review or a complaint? And they said, actually, your whole brain chemistry changes, right? Your temperature goes up, your heart rate goes up. It's almost like a fight or flight response. So some of it is just, is just human nature, just that, that you tend to, uh, react when you feel like you're being attacked. This is especially true of small businesses where somebody's essentially telling you that your baby is ugly. And so it's easy to see why, why folks don't handle that well. I think the bigger issue is that companies have not fully understood that today customer service is largely a spectator sport. 
And so if somebody complains about their business, they feel perfectly empowered to complain back at that customer and sort of get into this negative tit-for-tat, forgetting that there are tens or hundreds or thousands or tens of thousands of people who are going to see that interaction online. It's a very dangerous game to play. Yeah, and it seems like, you know, you face the same challenge uh, on the sales side, right? I mean, I think you know, when you're working with prospects, you know, prospects will bring up, well, I read this somewhere, I saw this, or in some cases, a prospect will have their own complaints. Is is there similar, would you, would you recommend a similar approach for sales organizations addressing prospects that may be haters uh, in addition to customers on the customer service side? Let me put it this way. If I was a professional salesperson and I was looking for a new job, I would partially select my next employer based on how good or not good they are at online customer service Mm. because there is no worse situation, B2B or B2C, than having a terrific trained sales force that works hard and all of their deals are undercut because there's tons of terrible reviews about the business sitting out there on the Internet leeching trust and stealing their customers. We're talking to Jay Bear, the author of Hug Your Haters, How to Embrace Complaints and Keep Your Customers. Definitely worth checking Jay out. Uh, you can just go to jaybear.com. That's B-A-E-R.com or go to hugyourhaters.com. You know, Jay, before we go to break, can you talk a little bit about the hatrix? Um, I love the term. If you buy the book, there's a, there's a pullout in the middle of the book uh, that actually will sort of out, out, outline the hatrix. Talk a little bit about that, you know, and, and just very quickly, you know, sure. uh, we'll talk a little about it after the break, sort of the difference between yeah. the onstage and offstage haters. Well, it's important to note, Matt, that this book is based on proprietary research that I conducted with Edison Research. It's, it's not just like Jay says, do this. There's <laughs> massive math associated with this. And the Hatrix talks about who complains where and why. And there's two main different types of haters. There's people who complain on stage, so social media, review sites, etc., and people who complain off stage, so the legacy channels like phone and email. And there's a big difference between those two groups. We can talk about it after the break. Thanks very much. We, we got some great more content for Jay. We're going to talk about how to get some socks. We're going to talk about uh, what's coming up for Sales Pipeline Radio as well. Uh, thanks for joining us today. We'll be right back. The speed of innovation and change in B2B marketing has never been greater. The only thing bigger is the need for clarity, for a blueprint, for a guide to what's really working and how to make it apply specifically to increase sales pipeline growth, velocity, and conversion. That's what you'll find in the Modern Marketer's Field Guide, something you should have in your back pocket right now. If you don't, you can download it for free at HeinzMarketing.com. That's H-E-I-N-Z Marketing.com. It encompasses the entire sales and marketing pipeline, but in quick bursts with lots of specific, actionable ideas and strategies and tactics you can put to work right away like today. The loaded table of contents helps you narrow in and tackle a problem. Some, maybe something you're looking at right now on your desk, right in front of you as you're listening to this. It's also there as a resource that you can come back when you need something new to inspire you, to open your eyes, to give you some task or idea to do next. It's all that and more, and it's waiting for you free. The Modern Marketer's Field Guide at HeinzMarketing.com. That's H-E-I-N-Z Marketing. Dot com.
Whether you're producing a seminar series, user's conference, lunch and learn, or exhibiting at a trade show, Validar has a solution. From capturing leads at trade shows to managing on-site registration, tracking session attendance, gathering information, and providing sponsors lead retrieval, we have a full suite of solutions for you. Since 2005, Validar has been turning corporate events and trade shows into better business. Call 888-784-2929 or visit us at Validar.com. Now back to Matt and his guest. Oh, thank you very much. Well, uh, if you are excited about what you're hearing here on Sales Pipeline Radio, you want to see what else we've been up to, you can check us out at salespipelineradio.com. You'll find all of our past uh, episodes up there. Uh, last week, for instance, we had Dave Crenshaw, who is a speaker coach, a chaos conqueror, who's written a number of books, including The Myth of Multitasking. It was one of my favorite conversations so far. He's just He covered a lot of great ground, uh, talked a lot about in, you know insights for productivity for all different people, salespeople, marketing people, anyone who feels like they're drowning in too much work. Uh, he's got some great strategies for you. Coming up, we've got some great guests. Steve Richard, who's the co-founder of Voresight, one of the smartest inside sales uh, professionals and, and, and uh, leaders, thought leaders that I know. We're going to talk about inside sales best practices. We're going to talk about objection handling. We're going to talk about how to make selling more personal uh, as well as making it more effective. And in two weeks, we're going to feature both Dave Stein and Steven Anderson. They are the co-authors of a new book called Beyond the Sales Process, 12 Proven Strategies for a Customer-Driven World, uh, which may be a nice sort of segue after our, our guest today, Jay Baer, who is the author of Hug Your Haters, How to Embrace Complaints and Keep Your Customers. Uh, it, it seems like there is slowly, Jay, becoming a little bit more focus on uh, not just acquisition marketing and not just getting people in the boat, but keeping them there. What's been the reaction you've had since you launched this book as you've been out in the field? You, you're, you're on the road constantly speaking uh, on this topic and others. What, what have people said as they sort of engage with this content? What I, what I hear the most, Matt, is people say, I have totally changed the way I think about customers and customer service. That's great. And, and the value proposition of customer retention and how, in many times, people say, well, I thought I was pretty good at this until I read the book and I realized that I'm not nearly as good at it or our business isn't nearly as good at it as we thought. And, and that certainly matches up with the research. There's a great study from Bain uh, a year or so ago that found that 80% of businesses say that they deliver superior customer service. Eight percent of their customers agree. Wow. So, so there's your problem right there. Uh, everybody thinks they're good at customer service except for the actual customers. Well, and, and tell me if I mean your your research with Edison was you know kind of confirmed this. But I think when I when I see organizations and again we our focus it tends to be more on the acquisition side. I mean, you think about, I mean, everybody's focus is on acquisition. I mean, you think about how many yeah. people out there say that they're a quote-unquote growth hacker. Uh, how many people out there are retention hackers? Nobody, right? You know, how many people have a, an MBA in marketing? Lots. Some people have an MBA in customer retention. None. Um, it, it's just the way business has evolved over generations. So if, if you have people in the field that are, that are telling you that this is changing the way they're thinking, is that is that is that yet evolving to... A, a, a better distribution of budgets and people? I mean, to your point, it seems like there are yeah. way more people that are focused on acquisition. And on the retention side, you might have someone putting together a newsletter, and then you've got <laughs> customer service people, which you know is not a strategic way of accomplishing this goal. So you know, what, what are you seeing in terms of people putting their money where their mouth is or their actions where their mouth is or what needs to change to, to, to yeah, better realize Yeah, that's exactly that? it. So people are saying, look, 
we've totally rethought how this how this affects our overall business. So we're going to bring in some additional customer service resources on the human capital side. We're going to invest in some in some, in some software in some cases to be able to respond to customers online more quickly and more adeptly. We're going to use other uh, processes, whether it's um, uh, just you know internal processes and or software to mine customer feedback better. And this is an area where it really makes sense for sales uh, that, that sales and customer service need to be working together uh, with marketing and sort of a holy triangle to be to be mining all customer conversations, whether that conversation is on Twitter or on the phone with a salesperson uh, or a comment on a blog post, a sort of universal mining of customer attitudes, customer concerns. You know, sales is so great at understanding customer objections, but in many cases that doesn't circle back to customer service so that they can anticipate it and certainly not to marketing so that they can create content to uh, overcome those objections before they even get to sales. You know, for anyone who likes what they're hearing and wants to start to take some of those steps, I definitely encourage you to check out, you know, Hug Your Hater com. Uh, there is just a plethora of great tools up there, playbooks, courses, worksheets, examples, uh, I think inspirational tools, but also pragmatic tools that can help you start to operationalize this focus in your organization. And Jay, I want to get back to the get back to the concept of the hatrix and let you sort yeah. of talk a little more about yeah. sort of these different, these different types of haters and how people can sort of organize and rally around them. Yeah, so when we did the research, we found that there's these two main types of, of complainers. And so you have the, the on-stage complainers who complain in social media and on you know places like Yelp or Spiceworks or G2 Crowd or what have you. And then you have uh, the off-stage haters who complain in what we consider to be legacy channels, phone and email mostly, and some people would still send a complaint letter, but not very often. And, and so there are some slight demographic differences, as you might suspect. The email phone crowd is slightly older, a little less social media savvy, slightly less likely to have a smartphone, things like that. But those demographic differences are not uh, terribly important. What is important are the expectation differences. So if somebody complains via phone or email, they expect a reply from the business 90% of the time. And I'm, I'm sure that's true for you guys. I'm sure it's true for all listeners. If you call a business, you expect them to call you back or pick up the phone eventually. If you email them, you expect them to email you back. It's just how business is done now. Conversely, when people complain in social media, review sites, discussion boards and forums, which is a huge part of the B2B scenario, so much chatter happens in discussion boards and forums, and many businesses do not participate at all unless it's a forum that they own and control, which is a huge mistake. In those places, people who complain in those online venues expect a reply less than half of the time. They do not expect businesses to reply because most businesses simply do not. So the amazing thing that we found in the research is that when you do reply, when you do answer a customer on Twitter, on LinkedIn, on Facebook, on a review site, on a discussion board and forum, one reply can increase that customer's advocacy about your business by 25%. Now, that doesn't have to necessarily be a customer service person. If a salesperson sees a customer asking a question or complaining about the business in a forum, the salesperson should answer that question themselves. You know, at the end of the book, you talk a little about the future of customer service, and one of the t topics you cover is sort of the idea of sort of crowd and community source customer service, yeah, which makes things uh, more, so, you know, on one hand more complicated, another, on another hand, you know, potentially way more powerful. How do you take this concept of hugging your haters, and and how do you effectively mobilize and leverage your your audience, your community, your customers to hug other haters as well? Oh, it's amazing. Some of the case studies in the book where they have community-based support, where they've got a, you know, an online uh, sort of living FAQ where customers are, are actually answering as many as 90% 
of all the customer questions are answered by other customers, right, who just say, hey, I love this product, I love this software, I love this company, I love this community, I'm happy to, to sort of be tech support for free. And you might think, well, that's sort of a dereliction of duty, right? The company should be answering those questions. But it turns out that the research proves that actually people appreciate it when their customer questions are handled by other customers, more so than when the company answers it. So not only does it reduce your cost, but everybody likes it better. So this idea of community-based support is tremendously important, and I think it is an exceptional opportunity for B2B because you have so many shared experiences and shared concerns and shared questions in a B2B environment that other customers have walked a mile in whatever customer shoes uh, are, are at hand. And so it, there's a lot of potential there. Speaking of community, I mean, you can certainly get your own copy of Hug Your Haters on uh, Amazon.com. I encourage you, though, to check out HugYourHaters.com. There are a number of offers for groups. If you're considering getting this book for your marketing organization, for others in your organization, if you buy seven copies uh, directly off of HugYourHaters.com, not only do you get an invite into the exclusive Hug Your Haters Club on, on Facebook, you'll also get this beautiful limited edition super special I Love Haters pair of socks. It's worth going to the website just to check these out alone. And uh, real, real quick before we have to wrap up here, Jay, you know, you, this this is a new, this is a unique book. This is a new book. This is a concept that needs a lot more attention. I know you've been evangelizing it. I think folks like Chris Brogan evangelize this. Who are some of the other people that you learn from that you're inspired by that maybe listeners should be looking at as well? Oh, sure. In this sort of customer service, customer experience realm, uh, my friend Shep Hyken is a real global leader in that space. Peter Shankman has written a terrific book uh, on this subject called Zombie Loyalists. Uh, my friend Dan Gingis, who's profiled in the book quite a bit, has an amazing podcast. For those of you who, who love podcasts and audio content, uh, his show is called um, Future of Customer Service, F-O-C-S, and it's all about sort of big company uh, social media customer service issues. It's really interesting. Awesome. Jay, this has been great. I really appreciate it. I'm very serious. I'm, I'm, I'm surprised and, and humbled that you joined us here on Sales oh, Pipeline Radio. Definitely everyone's got to get, get a copy of this book. You can go to Amazon. You can get it at uh, jbear.com or hugyourhaters.com. It's a great book. And, Jay, thanks again for joining us. We're going to be back next week again, same time, same place. We'll be, we'll, be, uh, we'll be producing the show live from the Marketo Marketing Nation Conference down in Las Vegas and featuring Steve Richard, who is the co-founder of Voresight and is an inside sales leader. We'll be talking a lot about inside sales best practices, how to make your teams more efficient. If you're on the marketing side, you're going to want to listen in. We're going to talk a lot about sales enablement best practices, how to make your sales team more productive, how to help them increase their conversion rates. It's, and Steve's just a great guy, a lot of fun to talk to. Thanks for joining us. You can check out a replay of Jay Baer's presentation on salespipelineradio.com. You'll see a transcript on heinzmarketing.com here shortly. Join us next week and every week on Thursday at 1130 Pacific, 230 Eastern. This has been Sales Pipeline Radio. You've been listening to the only show that talks about building a sales pipeline and keeping it with Matt Hines from Hines Marketing. <laughs>